Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You, oh, <laughs> you are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, 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 oh there it is. Oh, oh, oh I did it geez. again. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, excuse me, coming through. Oh. <laughs> this episode we uh this episode is actually a fan pick so uh for our fans who are donating on patreon at the highest tier level which is 25 dollars a month or more um Mm -hmm. one of the special perks is that they get to choose an episode topic and or case and or wine and Mm -hmm. um this week lynn and price chose the episode topic and also my case mm-hmm. so uh Lucky. shout out to lynn ann get it you girl rock. Thanks, thank lynn you ann. so much so um, what's the uh what's the topic all right all right so up <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 what's oh. the topic oh. oh forgot the topic oh oh god um <laughs> The topic this week will be a sweet revenge. Ooh. Yeah. My fave. Uh, there were a lot of rabbit holes that we could have gone down with this topic. So thank you. And also, mm-hmm. I hate you. Is there, <laughs> what would be a, what would be a savory revenge? Hmm. Mine Ooh. is a little bit of a savory revenge, in all honesty. The case that Lynn Ann chose. It's mm. mine felt a it's little savory. Sweet too. about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's heavy on the revenge side is and it light on the salty. Sweet. A salty yes. revenge. It's very I love a salty a revenge. white chocolate dipped pretzel type of revenge. So <laughs> you can you go know. to hell. That sounds yeah. awful. You don't like white, white chocolate, chocolate dipped pretzels? No, white that chocolate is, is bullshit. Yeah. I know it's, it's in not no real chocolate. chocolate. Oh, it's I fucking know. disgusting. Oh it my makes God. the I back like white of my chocolate throat and like, I like ugh. white Zinfandel and there's nothing you can do about it. Do you drive a red yeah. Mini Cooper? I sure <laughs> fucking don't. You fucking monster. You're a monster. There's not enough trunk space for all my white Zin and all my chocolate <laughs> dipped pretzels. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, um, <laughs> Amanda, what is nah. our wine crime pairing? And if it involves white chocolate, you can fuck right off. It doesn't. It <laughs> definitely <laughs> does not. All right. Um, the pairing this week is another lovely one from Wink. This Woo-hoo. is the Loves Me Not Rosé. And just a reminder, if you haven't signed up already and want to drink along with us, you can head to trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash gals for 20 bucks off your first order. They deliver this magic potion right mm-hmm. to your door. There mm-hmm. is so much wine to choose from. And once you get four bottles in your cart, they take care of shipping. So you just, you got to do it. And the bottles um, are so pretty. 
super pretty. Mm-hmm. This one's absolutely beautiful. It has a mm-hmm. lot of flowers that I can't identify on it. Really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did pick it for its name. Um, and I guess I'll come back to that a little bit when it gets to my story. But there are a lot of folks who seek revenge mm-hmm. as a result of you know, being a little bit scorned and like relationship my case issues. Too. My case is not in that same oh. park, but uh, some of the research I did <laughs> oh. pointed out some interesting anecdotes. So it will come like back. it was. So mm-hmm. I did. I made it. Funny. It's a red herring. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, I love herring. I know, me too. Pickled herring, oh my god. Pickled, Pickled herring. herring, white chocolate, white Zinfandel. Let's do this. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh god, I have heartburn. Literally okay, here we allergic go. to herring. Go on. Fantastic. This wine is a Central Coast <laughs> California blend, which typically consists of Grenache, Syrah, and Pinot Noir. Um, Wink does not list the varietals used in this particular bottle. It's not required that they do so. Um, but from its color and the tasting notes, I would assume this is primarily Pinot Noir. If anyone has any information on what varietals are in this wine, I would love to know to see if I was right. I could be totally wrong. Any Wink execs listening? Mm-hmm. Wink. Probably not. Wink. Wink, 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 nudge, wink. nudge. <laughs> but this rosé is fruity. It's incredibly drinkable. It has just a little hint of sweetness, so nice and balanced. Um, it's heavy on the citrus with notes of pink grapefruit and candied lemon, which sounds fucking awesome. Candied mm. lemon is a <clears throat> gift from the gods. It's it really so is. Good. Candied lemon and preserved lemon, two of the best things in the world. Yum. This wine's kind of in the limbo area between light and medium bodied. The bottle is... 12.6 ABV, so it's not going to be too sweet or too busy, uh, busy, boozy, or too, like, <laughs> thick on the on the palate. You know, those really high ABV, yeah. especially jammy white or red wines can have sort of that, like, sticky, like, yeah, uh-huh. kind of texture to it. This is not like that at all. Like I said, really balanced. Um, I always love California wines in general. For me, it's, like, France or California. Those are my two... Spots and mm. that doesn't make me a snot. That's like where all good wine comes from. Mm. Um, but you're but still a snot. I am still a snot. <laughs> but I also want to especially encourage everyone out there buying wine to be yep. buying California wines right now, especially because of the devastation of the wildfires, many of which are hitting really hard in the Napa region. Mm-hmm. So if buying more California wine means bringing some economic support to California, then I will do my part. It's our patriotic duty. It but kind of is though. We, I've heard from somebody who has a friend out there, and they and they said instead of donating money to like the Red Cross, just buy mm-hmm. the wines. Honestly, that's yep. the best thing you can do right now, and the easiest and the most fruitful, literally. Mm-hmm. And win win. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you're making purchases that come out of California, you're putting money straight into their economy and not necessarily, though those third-party support systems are amazing yeah. and are doing wonderful things, um, they don't always put money directly into small business owners, vendors, people who are yeah. seriously devastated by all these things. So uh, drink There's more wine and drink it from California. Mm-hmm. And Wink mm-hmm. has a ton of California wine, so you can definitely yeah, do your really part do. by joining Wink. Mm-hmm. So this is Wake a crack. Mm. 
We're ready Pick to crack it. this bad <clears throat> boy. This little naughty so daddy needs a cracking. God <laughs> damn it. Mom is thirsty. After, after the whole thick on Mommy the palate thirsty. and sound, mm. I was already a little bit queasy. God Daddy's damn it. so thick. Ew. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so gross. Ooh, hell. Ooh, a nice Ooh, crack, daddy. daddy. Smells good. Stop it. <laughs> daddy play is gross to me. Daddy's I'm not going to yuck your yum, but it's gross to me. Daddy's Don't yuck her yum. pink. <laughs> Ick. Stop. Oh my, my I gotta big go. You know what? I daddy. gotta go. I, I have a I forgot I, I have a thing. Alright, it's all I out got of my a system. Thing. It's all out of my system. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm just getting started. Got half chubs from that exchange. I hope it's at least two. <laughs> if you have well, a boner, ladies, email cheers. us and let us know. If you have a boner, <laughs> no picks. Well, um, picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> Dude, gross. <laughs> That's harassment. Just kidding. Don't send us Wait, picks. We have plugs. Oh, oh, butt plugs. Butt plug. We have our last butt plugs mm-hmm. for these events. This weekend is Halloween weekend. <laughs> the best weekend of the year. The best weekend. On the 28th, we, meaning me and Lucy, and not Kenyon, because she wasn't invited. Yeah. Just kidding. She and wasn't she invited, like but she doesn't like daddy play. On another planet. <laughs> She doesn't like daddy play enough, and she lives on another planet, so she's out. Um, But Lucy and I will be on the panel of judges for the costume contest at Girl Scouts Queer Halloween Dance Party. Mm. It's a $10 cover at the door. It's at Hell's Kitchen downtown. Uh, The costume contest judging starts around 9. Yeah, downtown Minneapolis. That's, I forget that we don't have only two listeners who are our moms who, like, live in town. Um, (laughs) The costume contest starts around 9. The winners are announced at midnight. There's a DJ. There's tarot readers. The wine and crime gals are going to be there. What more could you want? You've got to come. Check out girlscout.com for more information. That's G-R-R-L-S-C-O-U-T dot com. And then on the 29th, we... There's a link on our website. That there is. On the 29th, we have our big event. We're teaming up with The Haunted Basement, also here in Minneapolis, to host our Murder Mystery Mixer. There we go. There's the reaction I was looking for. (laughs) If you've already signed up, you should have your character assignment already. And oh my god, these characters are so ridiculous. And I love them. It's like so old-timey. I'm making Dan be a cowboy. He's a (laughs) gentleman. because you're like cowboys. Um, Amusement. It is 100 for my own amusement. Just tell no, him I made to dress this character up. up. Um, Why are my character notes all handwritten in your handwriting? And everyone else is like type. Why don't I get a shirt? Don't Why worry is all about I'm it. supposed to be doing giving you a foot massage? Why is my costume a thong and cowboy boots? And chaps. Hush now. Hush now, daddy. Assless chaps. <laughs> All chaps are assless. <laughs> That's redundant. <laughs> I was setting you anyway, up. Anyway, I'm gonna finish this plug. <laughs> you can enter the basement between six and seven p.m. The mixer starts after you go through the haunted basement. We start at nine p.m. Tickets are sold separately, so if you're a Frady cat, you can just head to whiningcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com for tickets just to the mixer. 
Um, you go to hauntedbasement.org for tickets into the basement. Lucy and I are going to be going down. You got to come down there. It's <sighs> badass. You might get puked on and you'll totally love it. Um, it's $15 for the mixer, $25 for the basement. Again, they're sold separately. And again, you can go to just one, but I hope you'll come to both. And that is the end of my plugs. That's 1029. That's Sunday, the 29th, 9 p.m. Beautiful plugs. Those yep. are some beautiful Gorgeous plugs. plug. Shapely plug. Just immaculate mm, plugs. <laughs> yes. My plug runneth over. Slipped in and out so seamlessly. Oh, my mm. God. Just popped her in and pulled her out. <laughs> Lucy. It's like I've been doing this for years. What <laughs> is the Daddy. background and psych into why I hate Daddy Play so much? <laughs> you just have Daddy issues. I do. Just, but you'd think that I'd be more into it because I didn't grow up with a Daddy. Just uh, I just gagged in my own mouth saying that. Just uh, replace the uh, word revenge in your segment with the word daddy. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll see how that goes. So a couple of badass daddy killings in history <laughs> is literally my first sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well so far. Daddy killings. Okay. Don't kill my right. daddy. I'm just... <laughs> My daddy voice is absurd. It needs yeah. to stop. I'm you sorry. You have a really, really pervy daddy voice. <laughs> no, I don't. Ew. You've been God. naughty. You could both be like like phone <gasps> porn stars. What do you call That's them? That's definitely my fallback career. 100%. Uh, I watched the movie Girl 6 in a mm. film class in college, and mm-hmm. it just opened the doors for me. I mean, yeah. I never even knew. Fallback. So many it's opportunities. Like, you can always become a nun or phone no. porn. Yes. Not I wonder no, if phone, like phone sex, yes. We should probably jump on that though before like AI. Like right. I bet a lot of that's already been computerized. Yeah, probably. If you are a phone sex operator, please, for the love of God, email us at whineandcrimepodcast yeah. <laughs> uh, at gmail.com because we have questions. We have uh, all right, Lucy. A lot let's do this. Okay, a couple. Okay, B- backing up a little, and I'm departing from the daddy thing because thank God it's done. It's dead. It's, We've killed it's it. Dead. It's done. It's yeah. dead. It's dead. Yeah. Um. Okay. So not a lot to say about revenge. It is a pretty basic human inclination. Urge? Mm-hmm. Instinct? Um, yeah, something. Uh, so I just found a couple of pretty badass revenge stories in history, and then uh, a little bit of current events sort of mm. topics. Okay. So the first little historical tale I'm going to weave for you is about the Trung sisters. Yes, this I is, almost did this case. This is so... So rad. Mm-hmm. I fucking love these bitches. So <laughs> Trung Track and Trung Knee are mm-hmm. sisters, were sisters living in 20-ish AD. Mm-hmm. Um, so a long fucking time ago. Like historically, like the 2000 dates years are ago. all over the place of when they actually were alive. How do we know their yeah. names or did we just assign them names? No, there's there's uh, records of this happening. You'll see why. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we right. know their names and we know where they lived and we know the general time frame, which is about okay. 2030-ish AD. 
mm-hmm. in in Gao Chi, northern Vietnam, during okay. a time after China under the Han Dynasty had conquered this area of northern Vietnam and then some other areas that are now southern Chinese provinces, but like that yep. kind of region. <clears throat> so like Kunming, whatever. Yeah, so the Hans were, they're pretty nasty. They're kind of dicks. Like, mm-hmm. they ruled with an iron fist, and they conquered mm-hmm. this region. They had total authority over it at the time. Uh, the sisters were the daughters of the town sheriff, basically, mm-hmm. the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were well- Their equivalent of a sheriff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were well-trained in martial arts, and they studied warfare pretty extensively. Nice. Like, that's yep. just what they were into. Because their Those daddy was, like, the cop. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. their daddy. Their daddy taught them everything. <laughs> uh, okay. They had, wit- they had witnessed the cruelties <laughs> that the Chinese had carried out against their countrymen. So they mm-hmm. were well aware of what was going on. They're in their, like, late mm-hmm. teens, 20s-ish, presumably. Mm-hmm. They're going to reverse uh, Mulan this shit. Yeah. Well, actually, at this time in this culture, there, the historians think that women had just as much of a role in society as men did. Yeah. So it's kind of only now that, that we're too. like, oh, sweet, they were chicks, but actually, like, they had the just time. as much autonomy. Well, I'm as- sorry, it also has a lot to do of when, like, Christianity made its way into mm-hmm. Eastern yeah. culture, mm-hmm. and Christian mm-hmm. views on women are not always super savory. There, no. I said it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry about it. Sorry about also it. Also, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a witch. What do I? What do I care? Not a witch. <laughs> Not a witch. Not uh, a witch. So what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So one day, the sheriff of a neighboring town came to visit the their father, the sheriff, their daddy. Mm-hmm. And, their he daddy. Bro- and he brought his son, who <laughs> fell in love with Trung Track, which mm-hmm. is one of the sisters. Mm-hmm. And, and they- also, I think, a character in Mean Girls. Oh, oh. no. Train Pack. Train she Pack. Met- <laughs> she made out with Coach Coach Carl Coach or whatever Carl. his name is. Coach Carl. Coach Carl. <laughs> Coach Carl. <laughs> I'm the one who made out with a hot dog. That was one time. <laughs> What's the Valentine's they pass out? No, like, no rose for you. You go, Glenn Coco. Yeah, they're, they're holiday cards. And not for Gretchen Wieners. And not for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> for my, Glenn Coco, you go Glenn Coco. My favorite part of that movie is when they she's like sitting at the Mean Girls table and they like motion over to her friends, like the the dude and the goth girl, and he like has like ham on his face. <laughs> yeah, on his face. <laughs> he's like doing the Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly know what table we would have been sitting at. Uh, yup. <laughs> we Big were time. those. Pe- we were all yeah. that girl. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Surrounded right. by that guy. Right, anyway. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, Trung Track and this dude get married. <laughs> Trang Pack. Trang Pack and this dude get married. <laughs> and Coach Car get, get, get married. None for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the Chinese were trying to force cultural assimilation onto the Vietnamese, which they obv didn't appreciate. Because right. that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> to put it. Technically. Shortly. Yeah. Soups of didn't appreciate. <laughs> no appreciate here. 
<laughs> so the husband took a stand against the Hans and, of course, was executed because Han. Mm-hmm. Doi. Mm-hmm. Then right. they raped Trung Track because hashtag me too. Oh, uh, yeah. Trung Track. Yep. Too soon. Not too but soon. Seriously. This was 2,000 fucking years ago. Yeah, sexual assault <laughs> has been at the forefront of women's issues since Nothing before. new. For a while. Yeah. Yeah, for a long fucking a time. Bit. Also, soups don't appreciate <laughs> things. Really okay, cool, don't. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So Trunk Track got pissed and, quote, the flames of insurrection spread. The flames of his mm. erection. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I just like that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 40-ish AD, so like mm. a couple years later, the mm-hmm. sisters assembled an army of 80,000 mostly oh women soldiers. <gasps> Fuck what? Yeah. Like How pissed off never bitches. Heard of this because it's it so happened good. a long time ago in Vietnam, and we literally learn zero yeah. Asian culture history in school. Yep. So true, Accurate. especially in this time period. Mm-hmm. Like, no, and we it's don't badass. I wish yeah. we had more of it. It's rad. That's so cool. Learn right. more of it. Okay, so assembled an army of eighty thousand ish, mostly women. Uh, They pushed the Chinese military out of northern Vietnam and the other territories that the Chinese had taken and held off the Han forces for over three years. Oh my god. They they became Queen's Regnant, Mm -hmm. which basically, I don't know why they don't just say Queen's, but it basically it just means Queen's that have equal authority as a king. So there was no king, it's just the Queen's and there's both of them. Mm-hmm. Yas queens. Yas queens. Yas queens regnants of the region. In 43 AD, they were unfortunately defeated and probs decapitated and had their heads sent to the Han capital, but actually no one knows for sure. Like, one of the mm-hmm. theories is that they vanished into the sky. So mm-hmm. I, I'd like yeah. to go for the latter. They That's vanished the into the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sky Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Fieri? We're Sky so Fieri. fucking stupid. Yeah, we're the dumbest how people is, ever. It's part of our charm. This shit? I don't know I why don't you guys know. like this. I don't we're teaching oh. you understand. Siam match right now? Siam match? Siam match right now? We, we broke Kenyon. Oh my god, again. We break her every week. Once an episode. <laughs> you need to toughen up, girl. This is why oh my nobody Lord. can play cards against humanity with me because I mm. am that person that legit can't get through reading every response because mm-hmm. each response just cracks me up so hard. Like, I can't. Oh, yeah. Uh, all oh, right. Yeah. I tried on. playing cards with my dad. Well, with yes. our whole oh family, but with my dad, and he would pick up a card and just say, I'm not reading that. Pick up another one. I'm not reading that. Pick up another one. I'm not reading that. Like, Dad, that is not how this works. Can you do that again and make a YouTube video of it? Yes, he, please. He walked out of the room. He got <laughs> upset. So today, the... Tr- what are their names? The Trung Sisters. <laughs> so today the Trung Sisters are a symbol of Vietnamese resistance and freedom, and they are often depicted in artwork and sculptures around Vietnam. 
uh, riding a war elephant into battle, which is fucking cool. And I have a picture on the drive of one such sculpture. Sweet. It's just two ladies on a war elephant, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Sorry for the elephant, but, you know. Yeah, don't ride elephants nowadays, but, like, a long time ago, if you're riding a war elephant because you're, like, two feminist badasses, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. It was literally your only mode of transportation. Yeah. Okay, so the second story is about Pope Boniface VIII versus Dante Alighieri. Alighieri. Dante. Alighieri. Alighieri. I'm not helping. Whatevs. (laughs) I'm staying out of this Saint one. St. Bonifacius, <laughs> where they have a really Saint good St. Bonnie. Oh, yeah. Love their meat raffle. I that do. raffle, though. <laughs> okay. That raffle, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> I won a ham once at a literal Ooh. meat raffle. An entire ham? Just a ham. It wasn't even pre-cooked. It was a fucking raw ham. Fantastic. Yep. I think I, I threw it away. How do you even cook that? <laughs> In the oven. <laughs> it was a thick ass ham. You are a waste of a meat raffle. <laughs> yeah. Well, Don't I didn't take think other I'd win. Meat if you're gonna waste it. All right. Yeah. What a shame. I didn't think it was a literal meat raffle. I thought it was. I thought it meant something else. It didn't. No. Oh. You raffle off I'm meat. I'm disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. Shame. Paul Boniface. Paul Boniface was a dick. And actually more of a slimy politician than an extension of God. He was basically Mm. the Trump of popes. Yep. He was mired in rumors that he got to the throne by intimidating his predecessor. So Mm -hmm. he's just an asshole. Mm -hmm. Uh, A real douche. His papacy tried to enforce the belief that the Pope was not only the head of Christianity, but also superior to any leaders of the secular realm, too. So, Mm -hmm. like, any government, any leaders, kings, he was like, well, no, I, because God, I win. I win. (laughs) Fuck you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so basically he was trying to overthrow, okay, so I did a lot of research and this is sort of similar to my Franz Ferdinand research. <laughs> it gets Perfect. real complicated real So it's quick. ironclad. It's very <laughs> dry. It's very boring. Great. Can't So wait. I'm getting to the good, no, my point is this is a shortened version okay. of the story. Because I tried to get into it, couldn't, just fucking couldn't. Okay. Um. So basically, he was trying to overthrow the government in Venice, in order, and in order to do so, he had to get Dante, who was both mm-hmm. a poet and a member of the political group that Boniface was trying to get rid of. He had and, to get his, and what? was also a volcano <laughs> in the acclaimed film Dante's Peak, <laughs> starring <laughs> Dante Alighieri. No, <laughs> starring that one guy who was James Bond for like a minute and was Pierce also Brosnan. in Mamma Mia. Pierce Brosnan. There it is. Just thought I'd point that out. <sighs> All right. Good. You're okay. Welcome. So You're he welcome. had to get Pierce Brosnan out of Venice <clears throat> in order to overthrow the government. Perfect. I love um, this story. 
So he tricked Pierce Brosnan into coming to Rome <laughs> under the pretense of peacemaking. So he's like, listen, Pierce, we got to make a deal. I'm totally willing to just, you know, make mm-hmm. a deal with you. There will be peace in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pierce stayed at his as the Pope's <laughs> own personal guest in Rome. So I only assume that means like lavish rooms, like servants, mm-hmm. lots of mm-hmm. gold, gaudy, whatever. If you've ever been to the Vatican, yep, it's sure. gaudy as fuck. Just saying. Yep. Um, Get a decorator in here. God. <laughs> so he send Melania. God, mm. anything could be better. <laughs> well, so while he was staying as his personal guest, uh, the Pope gave orders to do the damn thing in Florence. So he totally went behind Dante's back and was like, do it anyway. I got Dante. Pull the trigger. Fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So then after that, he fined and exiled Dante, an order mm. that actually wasn't technically repealed until 2008. <laughs> what? <laughs> like someone, late to the game. Someone found this shit in some dusty records and was like, ooh, we could probably reverse this now. <laughs> so Dante got revenge by putting Pope Boniface in his epic poem. Yep. Uh, it's not Dante's called Dante's Inferno. No. What is it called? Shit. Dante's Inferno, the other one. I'm going to Google it quick. Why isn't this in my notes? <laughs> Good question. The, divi- the divine. Secrets oh. of the Yaya Sisterhood. Comedy. Divine. <laughs> Dante. You lost me. Divine comedy. There we go. Divine Divine comedy. comedy. Please cut that. We sound really (laughs) dumb. Nope. It's all staying in now. So Dante got revenge by putting Pope Boniface in his epic poems, literary vision of hell in Mm. his epic poem, the divine comedy. Okay. As we all know, the divine comedy. As as we remember from English class. From memory. (laughs) And not from what we cut from five seconds ago. Nope. The Google search. So in the poem, St. Peter called the papacy a, a quote, blood-filled sewer and made references to the throne being vacant, which was like major burn to Mm. Pope Boniface. Mm. Bonnie um, no likey. Bonnie no likey. didn't appreciate. So the masterpiece was also written in Lat- or, uh, in Italian to ensure that the maximum amount of people would read it. So, like, sick burn. I suppose that mm-hmm. was, like, way insulting at the time. Seems kind of lame right now, but <laughs> just tweet about it. <laughs> That's I guess what it the was precedent that. does. <laughs> yeah. Take a cue out of his book. All right. Okay, no, so thanks. in modern times, um, there was a report in July 2017 of Iraqi forces carrying out extra ju- extrajudicial, try to say that 10 times well, executions of ISIS members. Uh, many mm. have dealt with the loss of loved ones at the hands of ISIS and so have very good reason to do so. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, you know... Iraqi military people. So I have a quote here. Speaking to the AP, four Iraqi officers from three different branches of the military acknowledged and defended their troops, killing unarmed, captured ISIS suspects. They spoke on condition of anonymity because they knew this was against international law, but felt that the fight against ISIS should be exempt from such rules 
because the militants' rule in Iraq was so cruel. So mm. there's That's just kind like, of the tricky thing about international law is that it was made for those situations right. where the enemy mm-hmm. has been so cruel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we still need to rein our worst instincts in. Right. It's funny. Funny thing that about uh-huh. fucking war crimes. Go so ahead. to your point, experts say that this extreme violence is part of the reason that war just perpetuates in this region. It's like a swinging right. pendulum. Because the next generation of ISIS militants is going to be like, oh, well, the Iraqi military was so awful, we're just going to kill them extra judiciously. Judiciously. Nailed it. Yeah, I don't think it's a region thing. I think, you know, that's where the conflict is happening now and perpetuating now, but that's just, that's conflict. Oh, I just mean, like, regionally speaking, this intense violence is happening here now, so at Mm -hmm. what point... Is someone going to lay down their arms and say, we need to make this better? It's happened yeah. everywhere all over the world in civilized area. Well, civilized. Um, you know, it just, it's just what hap- it's just what humanity does. Yeah. Um, and then some also argue that a distrust of the Iraqi judicial system is driving people to carry out their own punishments because the system itself, the legal system, is so corrupt like, yeah. nobody trusts it, so it was like, fuck it, I'm going to slit this guy's throat myself, take care of it, and avenge yeah. my Yikes. child or whatever. So. And yeah. that's, that's, the, that's one of the main and I think most valid criticisms of international criminal law, like international uh, humanitarian law. It's the fact that if you want to try someone for war crimes, the tribunals for that are... mostly ad hoc or the backlog is so great and the capacity Mm -hmm. is so small that it's going to take forever for that case to even be heard and it just seems impossibly bureaucratic yeah Yeah. and And plus you're in a time of war so everything is like ultra volatile and Mm -hmm. chaotic resources are allocated everywhere else but there yep yeah so I can understand why <clears throat> mobs or groups of individuals would take matters into their own hands, but when it mm-hmm. becomes when it becomes a military policy or a military policy to look the other way, then mm-hmm. it's I mean it's and not great either way, but it's then it's then it is a crim then it's a crime, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly what this is talking about. It's not mobs, it's their lieutenants and their soldiers. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a similar vein and a little closer to home, there's an article in the Star Trib uh, in mm-hmm. September 2017, so very recently, that talks about gang violence in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that oh. char- charges in these types of crimes are very few and far between, and that more people are dying because of the back and forth between groups over grudges and retaliation. Mm. So they're saying a small number of people called shooters are the ones that carry out the murders, <clears throat> but different gangs and different groups, I hesitate to use the word gangs, it's just so mm-hmm. like reductive, but different groups of people will 
more or less hire or contact contract these shooters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, cops can arrest these people, but it takes so long for ballistics tests and investigations, plus the fact that nobody, well, people rarely come forward, right. um, mm-hmm. that these dudes are back out on the streets before charges are filed, and then the problem never gets solved, and they just get back into the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. like the cops can never get a grip on it. And yeah, a lot it becomes of, like blood feuds. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of these attack, attacks are very brazen. So not only do the do the police and the community feel like the legal the legality is out of control and so far behind, but they're fearing for their lives because now these criminals know that they can get away with these types of crimes to a certain extent. So they're just popping people in broad daylight. There's sure. almost yeah. nothing they can do in the long run to stop it. That's yeah, there crazy. becomes there becomes like a tipping point where th- because justice is so slow or it just can't it doesn't have the capacity like there is a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that vacuum, there will be anarchy, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can only imagine living in a community that deals with this kind of bullshit. And uh, it's very few people who act who actively engage in this violence. And the rest is just the community that has to live with it and live around it and live. It just it's a fucking nightmare. And it's not just the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's groups in every area all over the country. So. Mm All over the world. I mean, look at Albania. Like, literally in Albania, they had to, like, come up with special laws because blood feuds were... This should be an episode. But because blood feuds were, like, so common that, like, basically families would be targeting people Mm -hmm. in another family because of some murder that took place four generations back. That's the thing. Those feuds stay within, like, the bloodline, and it just continues and continues and and continues. People don't even know why they're fucking fighting with each other anymore. Yeah. It's craziness. Mm. Yeah, so... Actually, that's a pretty good segue into talking about Talkspace, because I know... (laughs) No... Well, honestly, I know that a lot that's at least some of our listeners are living in communities like this. And actually, some Mm -hmm. people in our happy hour group recently have been sharing stories of a fucking serial killer that Mm -hmm. is suspected of living in their neighborhood, like down the street from their dad's house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's others in the group that are commiserating and saying like, oh, yeah, I live in a violent community, too. So. Mm To those people and to anybody else listening who feels like it's helpless and things are out of control in your community and in your life. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's help out there. There's help out there. And Talkspace isn't going to go erase the bad dudes in your community, but it can help you get a sense of control over mm-hmm. your situation. life and your family and your home. Yeah. Um, I just think that personal help is just as important as like civic activism in instances like this because it's so easy to feel like there's nothing you can do. Completely. Well, you got You have to prioritize your mental health, and you have to work through that anxiety, and you have to deal with that trauma, and you know sometimes even post traumatic stress of mm-hmm. you know some sometimes where you live or how you live 
can be just as traumatic as a war zone. And right. Absolutely. And I can tell you right now that there are therapists on this as part of Talkspace who do specialize in those types of therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. I recently went through my, you know, get to know you conversation with Talkspace and there were so many different therapists with so many different qualifications that anything that you're dealing with, they can specialize somebody to you who is an expert in that field. And yeah, that the was really cool. Process is really cool. Mm-hmm. To yeah. see all of that come together, and we right. are offering a promo code. If you yeah. want to talk about that, you gals, get thirty dollars off your first month. Talkspace mm-hmm. uh, starts from thirty-two dollars a week, which is way more affordable than <sighs> uh, traditional uh, in-person talk therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really affordable and convenient. And uh, yeah, you get f- with our promo code, you get $30 off your first month. So mm-hmm. uh, go to talkspace.com forward slash gals, G A L S. There's also mm-hmm. a hyperlink on uh, our website's homepage. Um, there'll be a link in the episode show notes. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. I it's mean, a great service. It's- we love it's it. It's incredibly convenient. It's incredibly affordable. It's like having a therapist in your pocket. I mean, this is a therapist on your phone. You don't have to call, but you can. You can text. You can video message. Um, their office hours are much more flexible than if you had to make an appointment and drive somewhere. And it's just yeah. more accessible, in my opinion, than... And- "Quote unquote trish, traditional therapy." And I know we've said it before, but my personal favorite part is just sometimes if you're feeling a certain way, getting dressed and leaving the house and driving somewhere and parking and going to talk to a person face to face is too fucking much. It's, it's too much sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So especially when way- you have to pass the McDonald's on the way home. Right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh my uncool. god. My, since joining Talkspace, I have really curbed my McDonald's habit and it's been really great. <laughs> That's why been, she joined Talkspace. She has a McDonald's for my addiction. my mental health and it's been great for my physical health. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, it's just a genius service. So check out Talkspace.com forward slash gals and you can get that uh-huh. discount code and you can also support the show. All right. Yeah. Do it. Are we ready for our first case? Yeah. I'm so excited for this, the listener case. I'm so excited. Yes. So again, Lynn Ann Price uh, selected this case for us, and I am so glad she did because she has great taste, and I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun digging into this case. And honestly, there was a lot to fucking dive into. Um, mm-hmm. It turned out to be way more convoluted than I ever could have imagined. Um, yes. I had to leave some stuff out, and... It was, like, good stuff. There was, like, evil twin speculation. You left out an evil twin? What the fuck? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) There wasn't enough information about the evil twin, but just listen to my notes. Make it up. Which are juicy enough, and then add evil twin on top. Okay. Okay, well, all right, I'll make do. I love the evil twin on top. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Daddy. It's the end of daddy, daddy play. Okay. Like evil oh, daddy you're good twin. at it too. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Embrace it. Embrace so. it, daddy. <laughs> uh, all right, it's 1997. Um, Mandy Power, age 34. Love her already. Uh, yep. <laughs> was a single mother of two young daughters, Katie, age 10, and Emily, age 8. 
Um, mm-hmm. They were living in Clydech, Wales. Nailed guessing it. on the pronunciation. Sure. Uh, also, Cly- <laughs> Clydesdale Dick, Wales. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, Wales with Clydesdale Dicks. Yeah. Charming yeah. town. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, charming. It's a, it's um, a charming town. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lovely B and B. They do. Great. You gonna club. make it? Clydesdale Dick Inn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mandy also cared for her elderly invalid mother, Doris. Okay. Okay. So she's Got a single it. mom, two young girls, cares for her old mom. Um. Mandy was divorced, but seemingly uh, enjoying her newfound freedom, especially in the bedroom. Oh, she's fucking some dudes. Well, in Uh fact, she had recently become romantically involved with a woman. Yes, queens. Get it, girl. (laughs) So this was Mandy's first sexual relationship with another woman. Um, It's not clear whether she was a lesbian or bisexual or some other made-up label for human sexuality, which is ultimately Mm -hmm. a spectrum, blah, blah, blah. That totally doesn't (laughs) matter, so great. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Mandy's girlfriend was... Um, Allison Lewis, who was a former police officer. Um, Allison was also still married to Mm. a current police officer, Stephen Lewis. So Mm. uh, Allison was cheating on her husband with a lady. Um, (laughs) Like Mandy, Allison also had two daughters so they could bond over being moms. Um, but well, unlike, cuckolding Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but unlike Mandy, this was not Allison's first lady rodeo. Oh, if you know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> I like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so she I like that. I like that. It was not Kristen her first Stewart. sewing convention. <laughs> not no. her first spelling bee. No, that's not right. <laughs> Hand over the I scissors. I fucked it up. <laughs> knitting bee spelling what is it knitting circle there's a bee in there somewhere there we right. go <laughs> mary okay. k party tupperware <laughs> party okay so good lord um there's now one more last character we need to introduce into this whole fucking mess uh so we've got mandy we've got her girlfriend allison allison's husband steven uh-huh. And now David Morris. Oh, okay. no. David was a 39-year-old balding, middle-aged local builder slash former scrap metal worker. I'm going to okay. go ahead and safely assume that he catcalled every female that walked yeah. past him. A thousand mm-hmm. percent. Yes. Yeah. If you just look at this dude, you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're that guy. <laughs> right? I hate you so there much. There you are. Mm-hmm. I see your soul. You're <sighs> that guy that shouts, can't take a compliment. Oh, my yeah. fucking God. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> You'd look a lot prettier if you smiled more. Yeah. He's not look even a lot that prettier level. if your bowels were all over the sidewalk. Oh my, what? Or outside of your body. <laughs> okay, he's not a disemboweler, so that was a leap. Okay. No, um, that was my response to him. Right. I'm going right. to cut a bitch. 
Got it. Got it. That's that my cat call. Sense. That's my version of a cat call. That is okay. my answer to a cat call. <laughs> I just, I want to do that fake blood thing. Have you guys heard about that? In <laughs> the teeth, in the mouth. <laughs> said, yes. You smile and you just and walk around with packet. a fake blood packet in your a mouth. A blood capsule, get, yes. When you get cat called, you just <laughs> bite it and smile. <laughs> I need that. Uh, Doing it's it. It's so good. It's so uh, good. One time a strange man told me to smile at the grocery store, and I said, my dad just died and walked away. <laughs> My God! Not true, not true, not true. But well, fuck okay. that guy. Yeah, he could have. Oh my God, this guy I doesn't just know. I'm the bird. I'm old school. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. So, how David and Mandy met, and how well they knew each other, and what the nature of their relationship was, is disputed. Okay. Okay. So one claim is that they met because. Mandy was a friend of his girlfriend, who, fucking annoyingly, was also named Mandy. Mm. Oh, for um, fuck's sake. Can Let's we call make her this Mondi? more confusing. Mondi and Mandy. Mondi. Mundi. Mundi. I was going to call her by her last name, but let's call her Mondi. Okay. So. Done. <laughs> All right, David would later claim that he started cheating on Mondi with <laughs> Mandy. Classic. In, Classic. 19, in 1998. But others maintain that David and Mandy never had a sexual relationship and that mm. uh, instead he was just really infatuated with her. Because he's a fucking creep. Okay. Yep. So we don't know mm-hmm. whether or not they were actually banging or if he was just like a super creep. We mm-hmm. knew he was like an average creep, but we don't know if he was like a super creep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. So telephone records do show, however, that Mandy called David repeatedly on Valentine's Day 1999. Oh, girl. So that would Whoa. lend credence to the sexual relationship theory. Another Did reason Mandy, to get in talk space, you can just text t- your therapist whenever you want to text your ex. Yeah, Did Mandy like, know uh, about Mondi? <laughs> <laughs> Mandy knew about Mondi, but Mondi did not know about Mandy. Okay. <gasps> Shyamalan Mondi there we twist. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shyamalandi. Shyamalawa ding dog. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Dr. Mondi. Okay. Dr. Mondi. Dr. Mondi. (laughs) Mistress Mondi. Okay. (laughs) So, depending on which scenario you believe, what happens next was either the result of a classic jealous rage thing that his mistress or maybe ex-mistress was now seeing someone else, Uh or... Because the object of his infatuation had rejected his sexual advances. In More likely that, woman. but okay. Probably I will always choose to believe the most salacious. Yeah. Re- <laughs> Just rejecting. point me in that direction. I'm all <laughs> yeah. in. It's a little bit hard to tell in this case, but I'm going to go with rejected sexual advances. Same, because that's like, like the most classic. Worse. His toxic yeah. masculinity couldn't take it. Unrequited. Yeah. Poor baby. Okay, so either way, David finds out that Mandy is seeing Allison, and he fucking loses it. Because now not only is she not with him, she's left him for a woman. Yeah. My dick's not good enough. 
Yeah. It, no, it's not. To answer your question, it's definitely not. <laughs> no it's dick. It's good. No question. I don't there even I need it. to see it. I know it's not I, good I, enough. I, I need no other information. It is <laughs> yeah. not good enough. <laughs> yeah. I can tell from your face. <laughs> Women are incredible lovers. Get over yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are inferior in every way. As, as my bisexual friend, one of my bisexual friends said recently, two sets of boobs, <laughs> clearly better than one. Always. Clearly. That's how dudes think, though. Like, actually, yeah. like, scientifically. That's why also, men love lesbians. And also most women. Okay, so his fragile <laughs> cocoon of masculinity has been shattered, and now he must seek revenge. Mm. Okay. Oh, of course. But must he, though? But must Mandy, he. though. But Mosty, Mandy, Mondy. <laughs> okay, so David goes to Mandy's house and beats her to death with an iron or maybe fiberglass pole that Good the Lord. kids, that her kids used to play with. What the fuck? What? Yeah, that's fucked up. Yep. That's they all don't I got know if it was iron or fiberglass. Well, I'm sure they know, but I don't know because I'm going off multiple like newspaper reports and some said iron sure. and some said fiberglass. Okay. A pole. A pole. Beats her to death a with a pole. Uh, that you <laughs> oh, I thought you meant kids... take a pole. Let's, have, let's take a quick Twitter pole. Let's take a quick pole. Pause for a quick pole. Fiberglass pole. or iron. Okay. Let's, let's go with iron. It is more salacious. <sighs> Beats her to death with an iron pole. Yes. Um, <laughs> then does the same to her young daughters and oh, for aging wheel-bound mother, wheelchair-bound mother Doris. No. Because that wasn't good enough? Because he wanted to kill all three generations of this family in one go. Oh, my Eck. God. And ironically, yep. they were all women, or should I say coincidentally weird. Yep. Yep. So it was probably to get rid of witnesses after killing Mandy, but yeah. Mandy. Killed two children and an old lady in addition to the woman he was obsessed with slash maybe his ex-mistress. What so the fuck? She probably this guy just, sucks. She probably friend-zoned him. Probably. <clears throat> Zoned? Because yeah. she didn't owe him shit. No. Yep. Also, friend zoned okay. is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard of in my life. Yeah, yep. like, oh, sorry, you want to be nice to me, and I still don't want to fuck you. Wow, your life is so hard. Okay. I don't yeah, think I owe you so anything bad. for being nice to you. Okay, so the attack was so furious that the skulls of all four victims were completely crushed. It was definitely iron. Um, and it's been described as a massacre. Jesus. So after the massacre, he lit five separate fires throughout the house, presumably to destroy all the evidence. So he really wanted to, like, cover his bases and destroy the evidence. And the people were killed in different rooms. Wow. You know? So he was, like, trying really hard to just make sure that the evidence in each room was burnt. So four people in one house that was later burned down. Yes. Jesus Correct. Christ. And he lit five fires. How old were the daughters again? Ten and eight. Jesus oh, fucking God. Christ. I know. They were probably asleep. Um, yeah. You know, if that helps at all. 
but it's awful. I mean, I guess. I guess. Uh, we'll take so, what I can get. Right. Okay, one key piece of evidence, however, did survive the blaze. And that was a bloodstained gold chain necklace. Of course he wore a gold chain necklace. Ew, it was his? Yep. Oh, Dick. fuck that guy. If I didn't hate him before, I can yep. officially write him off now. Can't you just see him with his fucking chest hair that goes onto yep. his neck? Shirt just... unbuttoned a couple too Ugh. many buttons. Ugh. Okay. That's disgusting. Okay, Take it back so... to the pawn shop, you greasy son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Pro tip, don't fucking wear jewelry to a fucking murder. Yeah. <laughs> If you have to take it off on, like, at a spa or, like, on a fucking amusement park ride, don't wear Getting it to an airplane. for people. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. Okay. So, uh, however, it would be some time before investigators could conclusively link the necklace to David. So they thought that it was his, but the fucking wily bastard had a friend buy him an identical replacement gold chain necklace. The day after the murders, as soon as he, like, realized his was missing and likely at the crime scene, he, like, replaced it. So he could tell the cops, no, that wasn't mine. Mine's right Right. here. Yeah, I'm wearing mine. Yeah. Asshole. Because he wore it every day and people knew that about him because look at him. Um, Okay. (laughs) Do you have photos of this son of a bitch? Yeah. They're on the drive if you want to look. They'll be on the blog. He just looks exactly like you think oh, he'll he look. Oh, he sucks. Yeah, Ew, he sucks. I hate him. He's really yeah. gross. I hate his fucking face. Ugh, yeah, he looks he like just a looks toad. Exactly like you think he would look. He okay. looks like he got punched in the face and it just stayed that way. Just melted yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, when questioned, David initially claimed that the necklace wasn't his. Because, again, the whole replacement necklace ruse. Um... But eventually, it took a while, but eventually forensic evidence would claim otherwise. (laughs) Um, So microscopic flecks of paint matching paint in David's home were found on the necklace at the crime scene. Yes, forensics. Yes. Just don't think that you can get away with murder, period. You can't. Yeah, just you can't anymore. Stop the thinking days that you can. are over. They the are gold- soups over. They seriously are. <laughs> and forensic evidence is not 100% reliable, but they can get on your ass yeah. if yeah. they find anything. And a jury like, will convict you based on kind of shoddy forensic evidence, so don't fucking try it. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Yeah. Don't fucking push your luck. Also, like, who would have ever thought that? Like, it's not like he recently painted. Like, who knows how long those microscopic flecks of paint had been on his fucking necklace that he wore every sure. day? Wasn't right. there, so like... So he's not going to think about that. Yeah. And maybe there's, like, like hair fragments or, like, skin cells yeah. inside that necklace. He's wearing it against his body every day. Are you fucking it's kidding like me? It's fucking Gattaca up in this bitch. Yeah. It's yeah. nasty. It's nasty. All right. Fuck you. Fuck that guy. Okay, so David uh, hears about the forensics, changes his story, saying that he it was his necklace, after all. Oh. But 
He had given the necklace to Mandy as a gift just oh, days course. before the murder, and that's why it was at her house. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Douche. <laughs> yeah. Also, why is it bloodstained? Okay. Uh, so um, many things. So many things. Yeah. Then at another point, he changes his story again, saying that he had recently left his necklace at Mandy's because the clasp was broken and presumably she was going to get it fixed. I don't know. Get your story straight with your stupid fucking gold chain necklace, you douche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it takes two years after the murders, but eventually David Morris is arrested in connection with them. Okay? So it took duh. It duh. took a while though because they had to wait for the forensics and all this stuff and there's also some other problems for that caused the delay. For example, Mondi, mm-hmm. David's girlfriend, lied yep. for him to give him an alibi for the night of the murders, which initially That doesn't caused, look suspicious. Yeah, so initially it caused investigators to kind of rule him out. Uh, She must have been very convincing, I guess. Um, So that slowed them down a little bit because they thought that he had, like, this airtight alibi. Turns out he didn't. Um, Complicating matters further, uh, before David's arrest, Mandy's lover, Allison, and her jealous husband had (laughs) been fingered. Oh, God. By whom? By by police. (laughs) I hate that. We need to retire the phrase. Fingered by police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do. I don't know. I kind of like it. It's real bad. (laughs) It's real, real bad. Daddy likes it. (laughs) So police actually full-on arrested Allison and her husband in connection with the murders. Okay. Okay. And like searched all their shit. Um, A witness had testified to seeing a man wearing a police jacket walking towards Mandy's home the night of the murders, carrying a large bag. Um, And another witness had told investigators that Allison's husband had threatened Mandy in the weeks before the killing, saying, stay away from my wife or I'll kill you. Mm, Oh, that's not looking good. Now. Yeah. And most luridly of all. <laughs> Lucy's favorite. Such a good word. <laughs> Forensic samples taken from Mandy's thighs. So. Oh. Corpse thighs. Oh. Revealed. Ooh. I forgot traces. she's the dead one. <laughs> she's the dead one. Mandy, okay. the dead one. Okay. Um. So, forensic samples taken from her thighs revealed traces of Allison's DNA. <gasps> Despite the latter telling police that she had had no contact with Mandy the day of the murder. Okay. Shit. So, and we and caught you, else, some bitch. Somebody mm. else, I think, testified that Mandy had showered or something too. So then it was like, okay, well then, if she showered. And you haven't seen her today. How is your DNA on her thighs? Right. So this is getting all sorts of fucked up because everyone's covering up all of their Uh activities. All their shit. Uh But this is the explanation. This is my favorite part. Oh, my God. I can't wait. The DNA, Allison's DNA. (laughs) 
You're so excited. I'm so excited. Allison's DNA had been left on Mandy's vibrator. Ah! I mean, oh, not in the shower. And they think that was, it was like transfer from the vibrator to the thighs. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, I'm not going to judge how two women use a vibrator. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. Yeah. Anything. There are a lot of ways to skin a cat, let me just tell you. (laughs) A puss. A lot of ways to cut a chicken. Skin a puss. (laughs) A lot of ways to get DNA from one puss to another puss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to a thigh. Just saying. That would have been a really exciting case to work on. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, then I'm going to need to see the vibrator. Can and you imagine turn the red on? the red strings attaching <laughs> on the bulletin board <laughs> in that <laughs> detective's <laughs> office? It was Mondi no. in the courtyard <laughs> with, the, with vibrator. the vibrator. <laughs> no, ah. but they legit they legit had to like litigate whether Mandy regular quote regularly used the vibrator which no. is like what's regularly well, what's no. regularly um, eight times yeah. a day define regularly times. old white man judge yeah yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck you fuck you and also how long the dna would have remained on the quote tool tool um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no so call the they ACLU. you call them in <laughs> i don't care <laughs> they, they legit <laughs> 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 The ACL. <laughs> I'm over it. Not letting this judge run the show. No. You know he had a southern accent, too. Uh, call the Southern mm-hmm. Poverty Law Center. I don't know why, but I think they'll be interested. <laughs> well, a lot of uh, a lot of people would be interested. Okay, so um Allison and her husband are briefly arrested. All their shit is searched, but eventually they're cleared. And I don't know why they were cleared, but eventually they're cleared. Okay. Mm, But also keep in mind that Allison was a police officer and her husband was currently a police officer at the time. All right. Okay. That might have had something Something. to do with it. Something. Okay. Okay. So in 2002, David Morris was found guilty of the four brutal murders. A Swansea... I'm going to go with that's the pronunciation. Court judge. (laughs) Um, This is the judge's name. Justice Butterfield. (gasps) Sweet Justice Butterfield. Real name. Get it together, UK. Your names are (laughs) Redonk. Um, Uh uh, You've bounced from whale dick to Butterfield. (laughs) To sweet Justice Butterfield. fucking... Should this be a new character for the wine and crime murder mystery yep. mixer? Yeah, I'm yep. going as sweet Justice Butterfield. Yeah, and I'm acquitting you of all charges. Charges. <laughs> Have some margarine. <laughs> I think Amanda, you should be Justice Butterfield, and Dan should still be the cowboy. <laughs> Well, hello there, cowpoke. <laughs> Let me butter you I up. I sense a crime is afoot. <laughs> oh, this is a main justice. The only true crime is your shirt being on your body. 
<laughs> he would leave. He would leave <laughs> immediately. He would turn tail and skedaddle. Oh, turn tail and feather. Mm, <laughs> feather. <my>. All right. <coughs> also, this is in Wales. Um, oh, oops. I forgot it wasn't in <laughs> rural Utah in the just, 1810s. Oh, we just right. turn everything British into <laughs> southern <laughs> plantation. Savannah. <laughs> oh, this just flower as butter is, wh- This butter is a melting. Melting. This flower <laughs> is, is softening. <laughs> Okay, so Jesse's Butterfield. I'm about to get blush and bashful. <laughs> I'm sorry. You sound like Matthew McConaughey. All chest. All right, all right. All assless. All chaps are assless. I love the Justice feeling of a Lincoln Town car on an open freeway. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, okay. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> so, Justice so Butterfield sentences David <laughs> to four life sentences with the recommendation that he never be released. <laughs> um, <laughs> never be seen a hood from a game. I almost choked on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that would have burned so bad. Oh, the tannins. <laughs> oh, that he never. <laughs> it's a polite society. <laughs> a delicate flower. Oh, my okay, God. Yes. Okay, okay. You got into the rest of the story in this accent. But on appeal, three years later, the convictions were quashed on the ground. Quashed, you say? David's Mm. convictions were quashed. My Uh, goodness me! (laughs) On the grounds, on the grounds that he had not had a fair trial due to a conflict of interest for his legal team. What? You said a conflict of interest. A conflict of interest. So I was hoping that this would be something really juicy, but actually it's just that one of David's lawyers had previously represented the cuckolded husband of his victim's lover. Oh, God. So not juicy at all. (laughs) I thought it was just a fleet of lesbians was his legal team. (laughs) (laughs) The cuckolded husband of his victim's lesbian lover. Husband of his victim's (laughs) lesbian lover. Just like 40 very sexually active lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Sexual adventure. That's the comment I want to be in. (laughs) Dominatries. Sign me up. I'm okay, so, so excited for our queer dance party, by the way. Gonna be good. On a totally so unrelated jealous. note. I can't wait. <laughs> I need to win the lottery between now and like four days a from, week now, from so now so I can yeah. get there. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, you have to come as Justice Butterfield. Oh, I will be Justice Butterfield. Okay. So David is given a new trial in 2006. So the first trial is kind of like null and void because I think it's a conflict of interest. So he's given a fresh new trial, 2006, and he's found guilty again. So, okay. 2000, 2008. Two strikes for David. 
<laughs> he appeals. It's denied. And then his Three final strikes. appeal. His four strikes. His final and appeal. And 40 lashes. With <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs> went, took it. Took it too far. I was going to say four strikes. You're out. <laughs> Lucy went to a dog place. <laughs> Okay, that so is what I do. All right, so <laughs> throughout this entire time, so from 1997 until now, or 99, I can't remember, I'm drunk. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> David has maintained his innocence, and during a prison interview, he is quoted as having said, uh, I... I can't do a British accent. I used to be a bit of a crook. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we've just replaced this entirely. Oh, my God. This whole story takes place in Georgia. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Savannah. Um, ringing, ringing cars, that sort of thing, but I gave it up. I was getting too much hostility from the locals, to be honest. I don't know what that means. But what? this, I couldn't have done this. Okay. <laughs> so he maintains his innocence, and there are some conspiracy theorists out there that still allege that Allison. And her husband uh, set David up, and that the police investigators uh, helped them do that because mm. of like police bonds, whatever. But I couldn't figure Brothers out what Allison. Al- <laughs> uh, I couldn't figure out what Allison's motive would have been. Like her husband has a motive, but like what is her motive to kill her lover? Because things seem to be going good. So I think David mm. fucking did it. Maybe she had like homosexual regret. Mm. I don't know. My favorite regret. <laughs> Kristen Stewart anxiety issues. <laughs> Our regrets of the Kristen Stewart variety. She saw that <laughs> SNL skit and she and felt it, the regret in her she soul. She felt the regret. It awoke something <laughs> in her. <laughs> Join she was the a club. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> We're so fucking stupid. All right, yeah, that's my case. And thank you, Lynn Ann Price, for suggesting it because it was so much fun to research and a delight. A del- <laughs> simply delightful. I truly feel connected to this story. I think we need a whole Southern episode yep. just to do these outrageous voices again. I, I would have to agree. It's yeah. that was in the my most soul. fun I've had in months. <laughs> We're gonna call it like a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Something asunder down oh, under. Oh, 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 oh wait, that'd be Australia though. <laughs> well, whatever. Deep, deep crimes of the deep, deep south. Yeah, oh, the deep south. Oh, right. girl. Nebraska. We actually have a lot of southern listeners, and they're all gonna write to us about how fucking atrocious these accents. <laughs> I think they're gonna like kale. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm myself. Kale. I am pleased with the tone of these accents. Continue. I find them flattering. Flattering. 
All right. Well, we're gonna go in a totally oh. different direction here. Your real your real voice sounds really like alarming oh, right really now. Jarring. <laughs> oh. oh, snap back it's to not reality. Not nearly as sultry and quiet <laughs> as my southern drawl. <laughs> but this accent okay. does not apply to this story, so I'm axing it. All right. Okay. okay fine. We are going to talk about Kimberly Cunningham, and this case mm. was featured on the show Snapped. Yes. yes. Season 5, episode 4. I highly recommend watching it. I watched some clips. It is good. Magical. Snapped um, at all is the fucking best. Oh, it's so great. I watch it when I'm mad at Corey. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And an interesting article that I came across... Uh, I wouldn't say analyzed, but looked at <laughs> why women the featured on the show Snapped specifically actually kill. So it was like the sample set was women from the show Snapped and why these women kill. So here's the breakdown. There's a graphic on the drive if you want to look at it. Yes. <laughs> 3% kill over issues involving their children or um, mental health. So a lot of insanity pleas in there. Mm-hmm. 7% out of anger slash revenge. 19% in self-defense against an attacker or domestic abuser, which I found low, but still high. You know what I mean? It's like, I thought it would be more, but 19% is actually pretty fucking high. Yeah. 30% over money or for like a life insurance payout. And 32% mm-hmm. over relationship issues. Mm-hmm. There could also be a lot of overlap with certain categories, and you have to pick like one primary category. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. I true. actually so think true. this. I actually think this says more about like the producer's selection of women's stories than any kind of real sample of women killers. But yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I still found it interesting. So mm-hmm. Kimberly Cunningham, she was a supportive sister. She was a loving mother, and in my opinion, a total badass. Mm-hmm. She had noticed her 16-year-old daughter had been different lately. She was struggling with depression. She was listless. She was withdrawn. She was typically a straight-A student, and her grades were slipping. Um, and the daughter's name was Amanda. So we've got a lot of Amandas and Mandys peppered in through this episode. Oh, and Mandys. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy, Amanda. Amanda also, was what acting 16-year-old out. sixteen-year-old isn't withdrawn and acting out? But yeah. she was acting out sometimes violently. So, like, oh, okay. it was oh. to a point where if you know your kid and you know that typically they they act one way and then, yeah, they're 16. But I think that it's worth keeping an eye out oh. when behavior changes pretty dramatically. dramatically. For sure. Yeah. For That's what it show. seemed like was happening here. Uh, quote, I knew there was something wrong with her, but I didn't know what it was, Kimberly said. The mother and daughter began to fight bitterly until one day in the early fall of 2003, in utter frustration, Kimberly actually had to put her daughter in the backseat of the car and told her she was taking her to a juvenile detention center. All right. Why are you acting like this? She pleaded with her, and then she had a thought. Who is bothering you? She asked her daughter. Ooh. Yep, because she's a smart woman. Kimberly is a smart woman. Woman. (laughs) I thought we weren't allowed to do that anymore. No, we're allowed. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll always be allowed. Uh, Thank Kimberly, the sweet lord. Oh, my goodness gracious. We're about to get into the juicy part. Malanta. <laughs> Kimberly had known her brother-in-law, well, her sister's longtime boyfriend, so she called him her brother-in-law, Coy Hundley, for 18 oh. years. 
and she trusted him. Coy was an uncle to Kimberly's three children, and he often had them over to his home. He was the farthest thing from Kimberly's mind when she tried to discover why Amanda was so depressed. Amanda told her mom that she had a terrible secret that she had been keeping from her mom for years. Oh, no. Coy Hundley and his son, so effectively her cousin, had been sexually molesting her since she was nine years old. Together? Together. Oh. God damn it. Amanda vividly recalls the day her uncle Coy raped her. Quote, this part got me got me bad when I did my research. Mm. Mm. I remember I had my purple Little Mermaid shirt on, she told no! ABC News. Oh, he no. told me to take my clothes off, and I said no, so he took them off me. Coy no. was drunk, Amanda said, but that wasn't unusual, and he would rape her again a few months later as she testified in court. Ew. Again, she was Ew. nine years old when, when this shit was going down. And now I'm going to read a portion of an article on this case written by Chris Francescani. Ah, Francescani. Uh, it was written for ABC News in 2007, and I just thought it was so good I couldn't have written it any better. <coughs> Excuse me. What happened next was the talk of Knoxville, Tennessee for years. Kimberly got into her car and drove to the tool company where Hundley worked. She called him out to the parking lot. Cunningham said that she was praying he would deny the rape. Instead, she said, Hundley, 39, laughed at her. What are you going to do about it, he allegedly said. (gasps) What the fuck? Kimberly shot him five times, (gasps) reloaded the weapon, and fired five more rounds, killing him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Quote, I'll never forget him laughing at me, she testified at trial, according to court transcripts transcripts witnesses said that after kimberly shot hunley she got back into her car pulled out of the parking lot up to the road put her blinker on and calmly drove away fuck yeah 45 minutes later she was in the alcoa tennessee police department turning in her nickel plated revolver and telling police that there had been a shooting so she went and turned herself in you know what don't turn yourself in i'm sorry if you're killing a fucker like that don't turn yourself in just no but she did she did the right thing she did the right thing because this worked better for her in court trust me Mm. this honestly in this situation that she did she definitely did the right thing Um, okay the person who is a good mother and in control and i'm a compassionate person was completely gone kimberly told abc news you wouldn't believe how tiny she was, Kimberly said, her voice cracking. This little thing. Uh, she wasn't more than 42 pounds, and for someone to do such vulgar things to her, there are simply no words to describe what happened. I just totally lost control. Uh, uh, of course you did, Queen. Protect yeah. your babies. Yeah. yeah. Your 42-pound baby. What about mm-hmm. his son, then? There's more. Oh, On an audio tape of the police interrogation obtained by ABC News, Kimberly can be heard sobbing, he raped my baby. <clears throat> Kimberly had obtained a gun permit, taken lessons at a firing range, and carried a loaded gun in a black purse in her car since August 2003 when she'd first learned that Hundley's eldest son had allegedly molested her, uh, her son Shane. Mm -hmm. So (coughs) Kimberly has three kids. One is her son Shane, and Mm -hmm. another is her daughter Amanda. I don't know if we really hear much about the third kid. So she had heard that Coy Hunley's son had molested her son and her daughter. So mm-hmm. she got she she you know carried a loaded gun, and there's more to why she did that. 
for mm-hmm. protecting her children. Right, mm-hmm. but there's 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 more threatening shit that happens first before she makes that decision. So oh Kimberly does report this to the police, and after she does so, the Hunleys threatened her. Um, and Hundley, again, was the common-law husband of Kimberly's sister, Rhonda. So this was, like, really fucking complicated for Kimberly. Quote, I was scared of their family, Kimberly said. They wanted me to drop it and kept telling me that it's going to come out of my ass if I don't drop it, like threatening Kimberly. Mm. She said that Hundley and his friends repeatedly told her they'd, quote, never find my body. So, of course, she gets a fucking gun. Yeah. Fucking Feeling Feeling helpless and angry, she said, she smashed the windows in the Hunley's son's car, which I can't blame you. I would have egged the shit out of these fuckers. Um, (laughs) I definitely spit on the car of Lucy's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, and was caught on camera. That was amazing. (laughs) That was so great. So she smashes out the windows of this car, and according to you know, Coy and his son, because of the vandalism, the two families are now, quote, even. But I wouldn't say vandalism nope. makes you even with raping children. So yeah. no. you nope. can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, repeated attempts by ABC News to interview Hunley's son's son was unsuccessful. So they did not get through to him. Um, mm-hmm. But Evelyn Hunley, who's Coy's mother denied that any molestation or rapes had occurred. Quote, I think it's just, I I just think it's unjust, she said. I don't believe in the justice justice system no more because she got away with cold-blooded murder. Well, these are two mothers trying to protect their children. They're two mothers going at it. I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever. Though Kimberly contacted police after her children told her they'd been molested, no charges were filed against Hundley or his son. This part, this is the part of the story that really resonated with me in light of the whole Me Too movement that we've been seeing on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's about her trial. So Kimberly had her first trial in April of 2005. Linda King, 58, a retired secretary from a General Motors purchasing department in Tennessee, was the final holdout against a first-degree murder conviction for Kimberly in the first trial. She told ABC News that she was pressured by the 11 mother, one father jury to convict Kimberly of first degree murder. She said that she was called stupid and worse things, and that at one point, male, a male foreman pounded his fists on the table in front of her and threatened to write a note to the judge saying that she was illogical, uncooperative, and couldn't see the light of day. And that's Can exactly we just what. comment on yeah. how the jury is 11 women and one dude, and the dude is the foreman? I know. Of course. I but can't. isn't the it foreman was outside the jury though? No, I think the No, I think they're the one the who reads person. Oh, it is. I think mm-hmm. so. But it was also interesting to me that with so many mothers, they would be pushing for first degree murder because I'd feel like a lot of them would understand Yeah. the the, the feelings that Kimberly was having. But anyway, Linda was well, not having know. it. You never know. 53% of white women voted for Trump, so you never fucking know. Yeah, that's true. Traitors. Anyway, um, so he does write this note, and what began as a cordial deliberation in which several of the women felt Kimberly had acted in a moment of extreme passion and should not be charged with murder devolved into a tense 11 versus 1 contest of will. So it was like this whole weird thing where it kept going back and forth and back and forth, and then she was the holdout, and she wasn't going to back down. And I think they were, Mm -hmm. like, sick of being in deliberations, and trials are really long, and it was a lot of shit coming to a head. 
And she mm-hmm. said it got meaner and meaner, adding that as time passed, several of the other jurors just became nasty to her. Two mm-hmm. other jurors had held out with her until the second day of deliberations, but eventually sided with the others. King said the other jurors told her that they would, quote, come down from first-degree murder, and so now I had to come up from the voluntary manslaughter. Like, there are all these different charges that they had to agree on. Okay. I told them that's not how this works. It's not a compromise. This is someone's life we're talking about. She said she felt like this family had been victimized enough and that they needed a chance to recover themselves and that the mother needed to be with her kids. The rest of the jury appeared to be deeply skeptical of Kimberly's family. The jury kept saying to me, that man is not here to defend himself, which is fair. But Mm -hmm. I believed what those kids went through, King said. I really felt that when this had happened the first time with Kimberly's nephew, or with Kimberly's son, that she had followed the law. She had tried to go through the system the first time, and I think she would have gone through the system again the second time, unless Coy Hundley um, had reacted the way he did, laughing at her. And if maybe the system had failed her the first time around. Totally. Eventually, King said the tide began to turn, and the jury finally voted to acquit Kimberly of first-degree murder, but became hopelessly deadlocked on second-degree murder. So a second trial was ordered. Oh my god. So she has a the second whole unanimity thing. I don't think you have to, I don't think it has to be unanimous in mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a majority vote. Yeah. And I could be wrong about that, but that's I think that's how it works. But the whole unanimity thing, it seems to just like it can do more harm than good because criminals holdouts. really it's dangerous hard, people can walk as a result of mistrial because a jury can't come to a conclusion. It's yeah. really hard, though. I've been in a jury before, and it was for a drunk driving conviction, so, like, nobody got hurt. It mm-hmm. was just a matter of this one old asshole losing his license for a year. Like, yeah. the, the stakes weren't that high. Mm-hmm. Not going to tell you who it was. I feel like I've already said mm-hmm. too much, but whatever. But I, m- myself and another woman were the only holdouts against the rest of the jury because mm-hmm. I felt like the burden of proof was on the state and they hadn't provided that and that was like mm-hmm. like the hang-ups the specific hang-ups it it's fucking stressful you guys and mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. i'm oh i can only imagine what this woman felt like in this jury of course it just uh, it, just beyond stressful i yeah. i i don't know yeah i mean sometimes the holdouts are in the right but i just feel like it's sometimes sometimes it just kind of privileges like whoever I mean, that's a personality thing, right? Like, right. It I'm could be. a fucking yeah. bitch, and if I oh, think I'm totally. right, I'm going to dig in my heels and wait until I get my way. But, mm-hmm. like, some people, that's not their personality, and they could be, you know, yeah, more logical beca- and in possession of all the facts, but they could give in more easily. But because mm-hmm. it is so based on the personalities of each juror, it mm-hmm. takes careful thought and consideration and time and conviction for everybody mm-hmm. to get on the same page. Like, I remember mm-hmm. the specific moment when one of the other jurors said one specific thing that made me change my mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. went and had a private conversation with that other juror, and we ended up finding him guilty, and we were the yeah. only two holdouts for... It was two and a half days mm-hmm. that we were holding out for. And it, I felt like it was my civic duty. I'm like, listen, you know, hearing him out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's one specific thing that one specific person said that made me say, you know what? You're right. Yeah, so totally. I don't disagree with our current system. Mm-hmm. I think that it, 
as long as people are thoughtful and are conversing with each other and like exchanging points of view, it's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not totally, but it's I, it's yeah, it's I just see, I see both sides. Um, but Kimberly, she ended up. I think all of this kind of worked out for her in a way because in her second trial in October of two thousand five. The jury there acquitted Kimberly of second-degree murder, did find her guilty of voluntary manslaughter. Um, She was sentenced to four years in prison, but that was a sentence that was reduced on appeal to only six months. So she only served six months in prison and was able to go back to her family. Mm -hmm. And a juror from the second trial, a man named Carl Epolito, said, if she hadn't reloaded that gun, I would have let her walk. Yes. Like, that was the mm. big thing. Yeah. I th- and I could see that, where, like, yeah. the Those rage, are the kinds of things that jurors get details. hung up on. Details. Mm-hmm. Well, re- yeah, reloading the gun like that takes enough concentration and focus and awareness that it becomes premeditated, whereas, like, if you're just firing a gun, it can I can see it being... You know, a uh, crime of passion. Totally. Not premeditated, whatever. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that a court of law and a jury would take into account the circumstances under which she committed this crime. Again, we've said this a million times. I do not condone murder. I wish that that motherfucker could rot in jail, but I also understand the system that we live in when it comes to sexual assault, especially of women, especially of minors. It's Mm -hmm. so often that they're not believed. And if I were a parent and someone came to me, my child came to me and I had I had tried to go to the police and that didn't go anywhere and then it happened again and I confronted my child's attacker and they and laughed, he laughed in my in your face, face. Oh. and said oh what are you gonna do about it I'd fucking kill him I'm sorry yep, I can't I would too. right now I would I have, have like reloaded blood going too through my yeah I can't I cannot fault her one yep. iota for having yep. for having done that couldn't do it that's my mm-hmm. baby you're talking about yep yep uh huh fuck. Yep. So that's yep. my story. Great. Right. Sweet I love it. fucking oh, revenge. Super not sad that guy's dead. Super glad she's out of jail. Yeah. Worth and it. Six one months more in jail predator to off. avenge the rape of your kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all would have done the same fucking thing. I think we would have. Worth it. My case was like, you know, it was a sh- it was the opposite side. It was the opposite uh-huh. attack of rev- somebody seeking revenge. Somebody uh-huh. that really didn't deserve. No. To get it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool that we had both sides of the story, though. Salty yeah. or sweet and savory. Sweet and savory. Sweet and savory. <gasps> All right. <Dipped> pretzels. <laughs> no. First right. things first. Special thanks. Okay. Special I thanks. I want to order food. We're ready. Ooh, right, we got to so rotate again because we have so many. We yeah, we got to rotate. I know. It's great. Um... Uh, first off, shout out to Lynn Price again, who is a Patreon donor at our highest tier level. Uh, and so she got to choose this week's episode topic and also uh, the David Morris case, which is a fabulous oh, pick. Ann so Price. Thank you. Oh, Lynn Ann. Lynn Price. You dropped <laughs> this ruby of a gem in our laps and we're forever grateful. <laughs> <laughs> My right, lord. So, oh, somebody lord. else take the next one. <laughs> Go, Lucy. Uh, Richard Williams. Gracias, Richard. Why are you not using the Savannah voice? Oh, Katie Richard Terry. Williams. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dick Willie. Oh. Dick Willie. 
Katie Terry, <laughs> you sweet, innocent little puppy. You're Softly so hypnotizing. <laughs> um, oh my god! Shout out to Hooker Crafts, which oh, I yeah. confirmed was a person and not an Etsy store. Fantastic. <gasps> Hooker Crafts. That is the best name I've ever seen in my life, and I love it. Thank you, Hooker Crafts. Yep. I thought it was a business, and I was like, "Uh, we want some of your merch, obviously, if you're Hooker Crafts. But I think it would be fair to assume it was like a crochet business or like a Uh knitting business, like a hooker. Oh, I didn't even go there, but that makes perfect sense. I was was going real literal. I love it. As always. Yeah. Rebecca Dunnigan, thank you for your contribution. Mm, Samuel Reynolds, I'm just boiling inside (laughs) with gratitude. (laughs) Um, Stephanie Speakman, which if I could do a Jamaican accent. Speakman. Speakman. That's offensive, so we're not going to do that. (laughs) Can't do a a Jamaican accent. Go ahead, Lucy. Brandy Val. Like Brandy Carla. Val? Vaya. 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 Brandy Vaya. Gracias. <laughs> Emily Rappenhoff, I am wrapped with affection for you oh. over your $10 a month donation. Oh, pick you off Ooh. the vine. And mm. I am also wrapped with affection for Georgina Robinson. Oh, oh Georgina. My. You bring a lot to Georgia, girl. <laughs> Amazing. Allison, Mr. In No Name. Oh, my. Thank you. <laughs> this sultry woman. Woman. <laughs> I'd like to thank Carrie Alretta because I'm already wet over your donation <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> That was, that was gross. I'm so sorry. I really respect you and all women. We didn't mean to objectify you. I'm so sorry. I I'm am, so sorry. however, much wetter than I was before you I am embarrassed for myself. Too soon, um, Sarah McCoy. Oh, you're a coy The real McCoy. (laughs) Elizabeth Johnson was a one-off, extremely generous donation. So thank you so much. For people with commitment uh, issues, if you don't want to donate... Uh, yeah. If you like don't want to donate us. every month on Patreon, you can do once off donations via our online store that is wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. And you can basically like purchase a donation amount in, I think they come in like tens. So mm-hmm. like 10, I think 20, you can 30, put whatever. in whatever you want, or is it increments? You- of you can monetize your love for this uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> In a so we know exactly donation. how much we're worth to you. Mm-hmm. Our value. <laughs> oh my. But actually, thank you, Elizabeth. Very thank generous. You so thank you oh, so yeah, much. <laughs> um, is it my turn? Yeah. Sure. No, Amanda. 
Whatever. And I Katie mean, Barker. Katie Ms. Barker. Miss Barker. She was Katie giving fucking Barker. Fucking Barker. Seriously. Insane. Thank you so you're much. You're a legend. You are a household Girl, name you're amongst the wine and crime gals. You're a darling angel. <laughs> Closer than <laughs> our peeps, you are to us. Katie. Katie. Girl, you're <laughs> an angel. You're a this What? No shaggy? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we're really, really drunk. We love you all so Now I have a joke. You're a darling oh, listen. angel. Soy un joke. I'm just gargling now. Wait, we I said you. that wrong. <laughs> no, Lucy I tried to joke. say my Spanish. Oh, I yeah, said your joke. Soy your joke. un joke. <laughs> Soy Not un I, joke. I am a joke. <laughs> Habla un joke. Oh, my God. Tienes un joke. Tango. Tienes un joke. Tango, tango un joke. Your <laughs> tango un joke. Okay. <laughs> I love Estoy how our triste. I love how our hook for the show is our Minnesotan accents, and we've been doing awful Southern accents this whole episode. Yeah, it's fine yeah. for no reason. We had no crimes in the uh-uh. South. Okay, so my joke, which mm. isn't related to a revenge crime, but it probably led to one. Okay. No. Okay. It's from a good friend, Charlie. He's not listening for sure, but thanks, Charlie. <laughs> so there's a guy, and he's at work, and it's the end of the day on a Friday, and his coworker is like, "Hey, we let's go out for a drink, just a real like a drink after work." And the guy's like, "No, you know, I told my wife that I'd go home. She really wants me to come home after work tonight. We'll spend time with her, or whatever." And the the Old coworker, chain. the colleague, friend, the frolic is like, "No, we'll just go out for one drink, just one drink." And the guy's like, "Okay, just one." So they go out for one drink, which inevitably turns into, like, you know, seven or eight. Yep. And it's late at night, and they're still at the bar, and, like, the guy's so drunk, he just throws up on himself, on his shirt. So he's, like, oh. barfed on his shirt, and he's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, how I, I have to go home now. Like, now I have barfed down the front of my shirt. What am I going to do? And the frolic was like, don't worry about it. Here's a $10 bill, stuck, sticks it in his front shirt pocket, and he's like, when you get home and your wife asks you what happened, just tell her that some random drunk dude at the bar threw up on your shirt and then gave you a $10 bill to, like, go get it dry cleaned. Okay. And All the guy's right. like, Pretty clever. Okay. Clever. It's like, oh, that's a really good idea. So he, you know, gets an Uber as a responsible adult would, gets home. Mm-hmm. His wife's waiting for him. She's like, where have you been? I've been waiting all night for you. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I went out for just one drink after work and this drunk guy just came over and threw up on me or you know the wife's like what the fuck's on your shirt and he's like well this guy threw up on me but you know he gave me ten dollars to get my shirt cleaned and she goes oh thank goodness and she like takes the the bill out of his front pocket and and she's like but this is a twenty dollar bill and the guy goes yeah the the drunk guy also shit in my pants (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that was the most successful Lucy joke at the end of any episode, I would have to say. It's the only I'm... one that's been actually funny, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Well, thank you. How about this? You're welcome. I tip my hat to you. <laughs> Remember-
remember when we were first making this podcast, we were like, let's do a joke every episode, and we've done it a total of four times in the 37, 38 episodes we put out. We also, <laughs> we're going to pick it back up. We've got special requests to pick up the jokes again, so oh I'm going to try God. my best to pick it up. I like it. it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> all right. We love you all so much. Good night. Thanks for listening. See you at the mixer. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!